welcome back to Fighting for the Remote. Fighting for the Remote. Yay! Yay! All right, well, we're back. <laughs> and uh, you have my dad, Howard. I'm Howard. And you have my daughter, Caroline. Hi! And we're we're excited to be back with you. This series that we're doing, what are we doing? Uh, Masters in the Air. Of the Air? Shoot. <laughs> Masters. Masters of the Air. Okay. Should yeah. we start all over again? No. Nope, okay. It is what we're it not is. gonna start. Okay. So it's Masters of the Air, and it's on Apple Plus TV. Um, no, just Apple TV. Is it Apple Plus? It's, it's on Apple. Okay, it's on Apple. It's on Apple TV. But it's Apple Plus. I don't think it is, Dad. Okay. Um, and this is why we fight over things all the time because well, I know I'm I am right. right. No, I'm right. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, well, Caroline is just confirming that I am right, and it is actually Apple Plus TV. It's Apple TV Plus, so you were wrong, and I was wrong. Okay. So um, this is actually somewhat of a sequel or a follow-on or a companion series to Band of Brothers, which was a really great war series about... Um, Never arm- seen it. ...about army soldiers. Never seen it. Yeah, I know. Is it new? No, it's like 10 years old. Yeah. This and- is... This is where, Dad, you won when you were fighting for the remote. You won this one. You didn't want to watch this? I did not want to watch it, but you came to me and you're like, we have to watch it. This is so good. And I was like, okay, like you were really into it. So I have now sat through two hours of this show and I have thoughts. And you know what? It's so, first of all, it is um, produced by Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think Tom Hanks loves. Wartime movies, mm-hmm. um, Saving Private Ryan, and um, Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies, and then uh, Seahorse. Yeah, us. The one with he's the captain of the ship that's defending the convoys that are crossing the Atlantic. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but that was also very good. I do like wartime. Shows and movies, I do like it. You do? Yeah, I do. But this is what about definitely... what about like the the blood and guts stuff? You like that too? I don't mind the blood and guts. I think what I really cannot stand is puke, and I am <laughs> I'm struggling to even say this. There's there's so much puke in the first two well, episodes. Okay, so it's um, disgusting. It's gonna be interesting because one of the main characters in this series, the navigator <sighs> Crosby. <laughs> Henry Crosby has this problem. I'm having a hard time talking about this. Okay. Well, anyway, he gets air. He's he gets flying sickness. Uh, there are going to be spoilers in the show. We should say that this is not a show that you watch that you listen to before you watch the show. Yeah. Like we're going to be talking about everything that happens. So yeah, 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 I just I don't mind blood and guts. Like I can get through that no problem. I like watch CSI when I came home from school and ate my afternoon snack. Like, that's not an <laughs> issue. The puking though is the issue. Really? So much. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of puke. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, so here we have this uh, squadron of bomb replies. So B-17 bombers. And, um, you know, for the record, I am a pilot. And yeah. I actually do like um, wartime aircraft of, you know, this vintage. I think they're very cool. I think they're, um, I think they've done a really nice job of realistically portraying like what it's like to fly. The insides of the plane look very authentic. I think they've, you know, whether I, I just they whoever they had that would consult it on this did a really really nice job. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I was going to ask you that because you did fly for so long. Not so much recently, but you've flown for a long time. Yeah. And you used to fly us. Yes. Mom and me and yeah. Sander and not Mallory because she made it fifth and we had a four seater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I thought I thought the, the scene like so the scene where they're landing in uh, Greenland, I think, is where they're landing. And there's got this huge crosswind. That was scary. It was very scary. I mean, it, they did a really nice job. And then some of the terminology they use. So I don't know if you caught, they talked about the weather was Kavu. Mm, no, I didn't catch that. So the um, the tower announces to the aircraft, they're like, you know, the weather's Kavu, which is the letter C-A-V-U, which means ceiling and visibility unlimited. Mm. It's, a, you know, an air flying acronym that not very many people know. I thought it was a little strange because I could see clouds, so <laughs> technically it's not as unlimited ceiling, but oh well, I just went for it. It was, it was fine. <laughs> Couldn't get over some of those details. I, yeah. And then, you know, landing in the crosswind is, it's uh, it's pretty cool. You, they, they turn right into the wind as they're landing, so you're not like pointed straight down the runway, but your path, your flight path is straight yeah. down the runway. And then the very last minute in a smaller plane, you stomp hard on the rudder to align the nose so that you don't land sideways and break off a landing gear and you drop the wing that's into the wind, the down, the uh, upwind wing, you you tilt the plane. So it compensates for it? Yeah, so that, you know, you, you do that briefly and you sometimes you even land with the left tire on the runway only. Mm. And then you bring the other one down and it, it's, um, 40 knot crosswind's pretty good. So yeah. I don't know. It was, I think... I mean, let's talk about the planes for a second. Yeah. Can we just all agree that it was pretty crazy that people were just up in these hunks of metal <laughs> where they had to reset fuses in the air because of electrical issues? Yeah. Excuse me? It's yeah. it's the equivalent of like driving down the highway in a cargo van, be like, oh, my steering wheel stopped working. I have to go pull my fuse and replace it while I'm driving at 70 miles per hour on the highway. It's old tech. That is, like, how did we, how? How did we win the war? I yeah. think that's what your thoughts were. Like, how do we win? Well, yeah. So I I think, um, you know, just the plane that your mom mom and I bought and that we flew with you kids was, it was old. I mean, it was like my age. It was a 1960. It was pretty old. I do remember that. And, uh, you know, it had like the original radios in it, which were like had tubes in it, I think. it was Tubes? What do you mean tubes? Okay. Explain well, this to me. Okay, so in the old days before transistors, in order to operate a radio, you had these cl- um, glass tubes. They looked like the blood sample <laughs> tubes, and they had filament in it and stuff, oh and they were gosh. filled with inert gas, and that's they would heat up, but they wouldn't burn because they were inert, and that's what allowed you to they would like offer resistance and stuff like that. Oh my God. This was yeah, old, old tech. Old tech, and uh, I can well, I can remember as a little kid, our TVs had tubes, and every once in a while the tube would burn out. And you know, like now you go to the store and you buy like batteries for yeah. your, you know for stuff. They would literally have this case of tubes, and you could bring in the tube that you thought was bad, and you could put it in, and then you could test it to see if it was actually bad or if it was something else. And then you could buy a tube, and oh you, you had to be gosh. careful. It was like it was like handling. Light bulbs. Yeah. Did Not it have LED. mercury in it? No, it didn't. I don't think it had mercury in it, but it was... Anyway, so we're off track. Okay, yeah. Okay. It was old. It, I mean, obviously, it's a World War II period piece. Yeah. So it's obviously accurate with what's going on there. It's just wild that, 
you know, less than 100 years ago, that it just feels so like rudimentary. Well, I don't know, you know, again, some of the detail on there was really cool. So on the navigator's desk, you know, he's got these maps on there and he's got, you know, markers, but he had this thing and it was, it was like the size of the, like a menu, like the thing that the waiter brings you with the check at the end of a meal. Mm. And it had this round thing on it that slid up and down and it's called an E6B. And it's a flight computer, a manual flight computer, like a slide rule. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and the, the, the I use actually learned on one of those computer when, I, when it doesn't have an electronic component. It just seems so wrong I to know, me. I know, but, but I get it. I get it. Um, but it's you know, computing. Yeah, it was in manually. When, when I got my pilot's license, we were required to learn how to use an E6B. We're actually required to keep one in the plane in yeah. case you lost all your electrical. You could still navigate. Makes sense. Yeah, so. But then back then they didn't have like pocket calculators or computers or anything like that. So they did all their navigational calculations with this E6B, which is, it's crazy. It, it Well, I think what really hit home for me is in episode two when they needed to find a new route and they looked at the navigator and I was like, well, how is this guy going to figure it out? Doesn't he just have to look at the map? What's the big deal? But then they were talking about speeds yeah. and making sure that because one of the planes was going to go down, making sure that they were over land. And I was like, oh, that's why they have this navigator calculating stuff because, you know, you obviously you don't have navigation, like electronic navigation right. up there the right. way that we do now. That's yeah, pretty wild. It, it is wild. I mean, if you think about it, like, and they're flying in and out of clouds and things. And so they they leave their, their bombing target and they're flying back and they really don't know where they are. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they can Especially look, under the cloud cover. Right? It's not like they can turn on the GPS and Google Maps says, here's where you are. I mean, they don't know where they are. And so the navigator, what he's doing is he's looking at, like, you know, their track on a compass mm-hmm. and he's stopwatch and he's drawing a line on a map and he's so measuring crazy. it. All. Yeah, it's it's insane. It um yeah, those guys are amazing. Yeah. So what do you think of the cast? I think I think the cast the like the guy I think is the most interesting is the one that Which you, one? The one that has the uh the puke problem. Ugh. The navigator? Yeah, because he's like you know, he, you just Cause. see him at the beginning. You just think he's going to, like, be this character that's going to get eliminated after the first Well, he's the episode. narrator. I know, but I mean... He can't just, be eliminated. Well, I mean, like, you think maybe he's going to go sit in a tent somewhere. I mean, he's just like... Yeah, I was wondering, like, if he's struggling with this, like, nausea so much, how is he going to make it through the rest of the action to, be like, be a valid narrator? Yeah. But you can see he kind of falls up. Yeah, yeah. Into some promotion. The Peter Principle. He gets promoted to the level of his incompetence. I was like, wow, only yeah. a man. <laughs> oh! Just saying, Jad. Oh! Just saying. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well. What do you think of the rest of the cast? Um, it's kind of star-studded. It is. Yeah, I mean, there's some really great actors. And what I think is really funny is I don't recognize the cast. I mean, I like, I recognize the one guy, Gail. He's mm. a major. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember like where I've seen him. I, I was like mm. trying to figure out what other TV show I've seen him on or movie, but I, I can't like place him. But he has a very like distinguishable face. He does. So he does. you like know him. Yeah. By the way. What? We need to research whether or not. Oh, gosh. Um, Highlighted hair. Was it highlighted? or? You thought it was frosted tips. I you did. thought he had frosted tips. Well, I have poor eyesight. I don't and think he had TV frosted is... tips. I think it was just a way to like, I think they made him blonde. 
and they added highlights. I, anyway, so. He's from, uh, he's supposed to be from Wyoming, right? A cowboy. Which is clearly like sun drenched. <laughs> and so I could see how his hair would get these natural highlights. Yeah. Are you just jealous because you don't have natural highlights? Uh, yeah, I have natural highlights. <laughs> it's called gray hair. It's called salt and pepper. <laughs> it's very different. It is different. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, I got my first pedicure. So now, you know, I'm moving up in the yeah, world. Yeah, you're going to be all glammed may- maybe, out. Maybe I will, like this summer, I'll do that. I like, I'll grow a goatee and no, I'll get the tip. Yeah, like, don't grow a goatee. I'll get the tip, like, colored a different color. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think mom would like that. Okay. Yeah. Mom, mom's just, as long as I'm happy, mom's happy. Yeah, to an extent. Okay. Well, anyway, I think the cast is is pretty good. You know, so far, um, like the the commanding officer that they got over there, you know, they really didn't do much to develop him other than... Other than have him puke. Yeah. Blood. (laughs) Yeah. But he didn't seem like a... He didn't seem like a very impactful character, and I'm kind of. I was like they... trying to remember his name. We were trying to figure out his name after the first yeah, episode, yeah. and then come to find out, second episode, he's like shipped off somewhere, so yeah. wasn't even worth it. But I think um, I was surprised by how slow the plot moved. I agree. I agree. I thought for a war movie, it would, um, you know, be like some meaningful conversation and things developing, and then they go into these brutal situations. Yeah. Um, it it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little bit slower, but I mean, maybe... I mean, we'll see how it builds. Yeah, I think something that's difficult for me to like figure out the people and the cast and like the characters is, and obviously it's an aviation TV show, but there's so much time with their air masks on over their face mm. that I can't recognize them. They're like switching from plane to plane. Yeah, and honestly, I- I'm gonna be honest, Dad, they all look so similar when they have their mask on. It's difficult for me to attribute the conversations that are happening with like which character they're trying to develop. So. Do you think, do you think the show would, like, it needs um, more women in the cast to interact? Do you, do you think it's like kind of one-dimensional because it's, it's just it guys? It feels very one-dimensional, but also like women weren't pilots or in those roles, so you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean somehow, like, almost all the other war movies that I've seen, they bring in like a a woman at least as an interest point, you know, like. Yeah, they haven't done that at all, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, like, they had that Gail's girlfriend yeah, at the very beginning. But, but her only role was to be his girlfriend. It yeah. wasn't It wasn't developing her as a character. It wasn't developing the storyline. It was, she was an accessory in that scene. I, you know, I would think, like, you know, I know it's stereotypical, but, you know, like, the, the nurse, you know, like, falls in love with one of them. Or, you know, <laughs> the lady in the serving line. Or, you know, because they, yeah. they have those people, you know, that were talking to them. As you mean, if, you, you want a love interest. Of course. Because <laughs> then, then it makes, you know, for, for us, for me as the viewer, I get that, you know, people have died in the movie and that's tragic. But, like, I don't have an emotional connection to them, yeah. To them yet. And I think, like, sure, if one of the lead characters were to die, you know, in the next episode or two, I would certainly, like, ugh. But, you know, if they start developing this, you know, love interest story. Mm. I see. I see. But, like, I don't know if that's necessary to, like, make me feel emotionally attached to them. Like, I'll give you an example. At the end of, either, I think it was episode one, when those three planes went down. Yeah. In that daytime bombing. Yeah. Situation. 
um, the the main guy, uh, Bucky. Yes. He was so distraught, but it felt really disconnected because we hadn't been given like those bonds between him and the men that he lost right. other than the fact that he was in charge of them right i felt like that wasn't developed as a plot line and so his anger and upset was understandable because obviously you lost 30 human beings right right but right. to the extent that he was upset it felt very like it felt like a personal reaction without having the personal buildup behind it yeah i agree i mean like a other war movies like Tuskegee Airmen or even Band of Brothers, they spent a lot of time on on the group that trained together. Yeah. And, like, you know, you could see the friendships, friend, yeah. you know, and you could understand what was going on. You got their backstory. And then, you know, when they went into combat then and something happened to them, you're like, you could feel like because that Because that relationship tie. was being severed. There's, like, no relationship built so yeah. far. And so, like... To your point, I always think that there should be more female leads in every yeah. every production, just because there hasn't been before. And I think that they should have their own deep developed character. But in this instance, just because of the t- the situation of what was going on there, I I see why it would want to focus more on like the friendships and the male to male relationships. And they haven't even done that. I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna start taking the dogs on the mission with them. <laughs> that dog. Was a highlight. <laughs> and then, you know, it'll be the dog. Like, there'll be a hole in the dog. will be, like, hanging out the plane. And oh we'll be like, no, gosh. not the dog. You They're know? not going to make the, that part of the, it. The, 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 the oxygen mask will, like, not. And the dog will be like. Oh, my gosh. I thought the funny thing was when they brought the husky off of the plane. I yeah. was like, a husky? They're so loud. And then the next line was, wow, it howled the whole time here. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. At least there's some reality in that. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, I think um, I like the realism. Storyline's a little slow. I think, you know, I, they need to do more character development. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got a little bit of the backstory on Gale and why he doesn't like sports or drinking mm-hmm. or things like that. And But still, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, what do you think of the style? I have some thoughts on that. I like the cinematic style. Yeah. I mean, it's um, a Spielberg project. It It is cinematically, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. beautiful. And, uh, I you know, I think, I mean, even like the scenes where it's, um, like the interior scenes feel really, really authentic. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I I don't know. I mean, I like the look and the feel of the show. What about you? I like the look and the feel. I will say they they tend to kind of skew their color grading like bluish, which I thought was interesting. Ah. Um. Like and but it's really weird because a lot of like the outdoor scenes are skewed blue, but then they'll show like the fiery skies. Yeah. So it's it's like an interesting contrast, and I mm. wonder if that is like. I mean, it probably is done intentionally. Sure. Um. But I, I thought that was really cool. And then, of like, the way that they're shooting it obviously looks gorgeous. Yeah. So I'm with you there. But, like, the coloring, it was, like, almost so blue that I couldn't not notice it oh. at one point. See, now, that, that part of it actually kind of went, like, I didn't notice it. It didn't, like, it just yeah. what didn't stand out to me. Um, what I like, what I thought was, like, there are some scenes where they're showing the scenery around the airfield mm-hmm. and those tall, like, like the grass, mm. um, I don't know. It just seemed, it just made that whole. It seems like surreal that mm. beautiful field with the airfield. Yeah, and like when the locals were like moving the cattle, yeah. it was like, wow, this is so idyllic. And then 
you're going to cut to like 10 minutes later where people are coming back. Yeah. Like it was, but you know, the, you know, it's the, really interesting. The blue, the blue cast to it. I'm going to have to look for that. Cause I never it's in, yeah, it's not in every scene. It's definitely more in like the dawn scenes. Okay. But it was just so blue. Like I just couldn't stop looking at mm. it. It kind of took me out of it a little bit. I think. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But I, um, I also, I noticed that there was one stylistic choice with how the scenes were structured and they did it maybe two or three times where the camera would be panning through the scene and uh, it would catch snippets of the conversation and that would give you the context. So instead Mm. of like one character telling you what's going on or like how people are feeling, it was really interesting. It's usually when the guys were like getting ready or like when they were walking through the, um, I think one of them was walking through uh, the mess hall. But it would basically, like, walk through, and then each character kind of had a single line. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, I think the the dialogue in itself isn't, like, riveting. But I think um, how they've pasted, how the direction of the actors Mm -hmm. and the the cinematography on it, I, I think they're doing a nice job. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not something I'm going to say. Uh, well, I don't want to waste any more time, Caroline. Let's go look. At, <laughs> let's let's go start Gilmore Girls. Honestly, Dad, even if it was a terrible show, the fact that it's a wartime aviation show wouldn't stop you. You know what I mean? Mm. You you would have to watch it. I, would I know probably you. Stuff to watch it. I would be okay. I don't. I would think I would be okay walking away from it. You are easy. You do that like more frequently than I do. Yeah, there's sometimes like I'll be watching a show and I'm like I don't like this anymore and I won't watch it again for years. Yeah. It took me a long time um to get through what was the show that Harry I Harry Potter? No. Oh. Watch Harry Potter anytime. <laughs> uh there was like a TV show where I just cut it off cold turkey. I don't remember, but like I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I know. It's always going to be there. Yeah. Right now I'm watching Grey's Anatomy on the side. Yeah. I just started. It's my first time. I got to season nine and I cannot get through it. So I'll just stop and maybe in two years I'll pick it up and I'll finish and then they'll be on season 30 by that point. I started watching Breaking Bad and Breaking, Breaking Brad, Brad, Breaking no, Bad, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. And I got to the second episode and I'm like, I, I can't do that show I, either. I'm like done with this show. Yeah. Like when he, I don't know. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> off topic. Yeah, off topic. So um, the last thing I want to, so um, one of the funny things that I noticed, again, just back to the technical aspect of the show, they talked about the Norden bomb site. Mm. And so if you're, you know, someone who's kind of studied World War Two, you know that that was always, you know, a closely held guarded secret was this bomb site developed by Norden that was, you know, responsible for this really great accuracy that Mm. American bombers had. I have since found out, and I don't know, I don't know why, but they've since found out that it was actually a myth. The site? That the accuracy of the site was a myth. They just made it up as like... But they promoted it. Saber rattling? Yeah, they promoted it that it was this great thing. One, to give confidence to the actual people. Wow. That, you know... Because I think the last thing that um, military people want to do is understand that they're that what they're doing is indiscriminately hitting civilians. Like, yeah. Right. You know, like you don't want to have that casualties, collateral damage. You yeah. want to, you know, hit the target you're going after. And so they wouldn't really, you know, they they wouldn't tell them that it wasn't that great of a site. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've since found out that. The Norden bomb site wasn't as accurate as everyone 
Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, they promoted it again, the movie, so I'm here to challenge... Well, maybe it's going to come out at the end that it was a myth. Oh, that could be. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But you know what? On the topic of bombing strategy, I didn't realize that there was a schism between American bombing strategy for daytime... Oh, right. Uh, you know, specific drops, and yeah. then UK... Uh, nighttime bombing strategy, which was a little bit more messy, maybe is a good way to put it. Yeah. I didn't realize that there was like a divergence between the two. I thought when it was like daytime, it's because maybe weather conditions were better or because the target was overly, you know, important and they were willing to risk people in the daytime. Yeah. That was interesting and new information for me. Um, if you ever get a chance to go back and watch, um, what was it? There was a, a movie with Harry Styles and it was about the... Um, Again, I think it was B-17 bomb crews. Hmm. And they were, you know, they were on these flights and um, they were doing night bombing. And then all of a sudden they got directed to daytime daytime bombing. Mm. They switched for some reason. Okay. And it became like horrible. Like their losses were. I mean, yeah, it's a lot easier to hit a target in the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Anyway, so um, that was kind of interesting. The other thing I thought was really cool was, and I'd never seen this before, they had flight formation models like on the end of those little yeah. sticks which i you know i never really thought about but it's kind of a cool idea i guess yeah i mean is it necessary though that's kind of what i was wondering because like i feel like if you have your altitude settings you know where you need to be like do you really need to see a model of it um i don't know i mean i don't really know that much about it but yeah part of me is like did the did, did they the do that just so we could yeah like, department just really want to go make models of planes, and then we found a way to put it in the show. Probably not, but I was like, it was kind of distracting sometimes, because they would just put it on the table, Yeah. and then it was on another table in a scene where it didn't really have any purpose, and I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, well, I think the other thing, too, that was kind of interesting, and we talked a little bit about it, is that um, the lead plane was the one that developed when the bomb was released. Oh, yeah. You said this. I didn't know this before. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like everybody individually, unless, you know, the lead plane had a communication error. Everybody else just keyed off the lead plane as soon as the lead plane opened and you know, yeah. dropped the bombs. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I just think about, like, sitting in a plane, <laughs> you know, at however much they were, 15,000 feet or whatever. Yeah. And you see these doors open. And you can see the ground and hear the whistling and everything. Feel the cold. Yeah. And then, you know, they're like bombs away and boom, all these bombs just drop out of the plane. And I, I could imagine like if one got hung up on the rack. Oh, yeah. You know, and you'd be like, what do I do? What do I do? Because I, I got to reach down yeah, and do I get down there and kick it on? You know, it's like, does it go off if I'm doing that? And yeah. I'm sure those things all happened. And Yeah. It, and, you know, you got to make sure that. If you're doing that, there's not another plane that's That's what, it was stressing me out because now that I know that they specifically have, like, I thought maybe you just kind of scatter. Obviously, it makes more sense that there's more strategy. But in my mind, when I was thinking of these raids, it, like, I just pictured them scattering on their own or kind of all flying at the same level, just like behind each other in a certain formation. Right. But I didn't realize how close they were together. Yeah. And so if you, like, what if you drop a bomb on your buddy? Yeah. You know, that's kind of scary. Well. they probably didn't. And I, I mean, the other thing too is like when they're in these like when the enemy fighters are coming after yeah. you know like you you're following with your side machine gun and you know you spray the plane it next looks like one of them accidentally shot the thing next to him that i don't be... know we didn't go back and look no but it kind of looked like he did it did yeah that would be bad that would be really bad yeah um the other thing that's kind of crazy is uh 
I just thought it was wild that they were in 1943, which is when it starts um, the show. They were using like just legit glass and having these guys sit in them. Oh, and just regular glass. Yeah. I'm sure it was treated, but wow. Yeah. I would never. No. <laughs> it's thick glass, but still. <laughs> well, you know, and I think for the most part, they're underneath. And so <laughs> most of the people are aiming at the middle of the plane, not at the trying to pick off the very bottom. Because it's, it's... That's wild. We should, we should, like, add one of those to your van. Yeah. The bottom. The bottom. The bottom. You're right. You're right. Every pothole, it'll just get cracked a little bit more. <laughs> Especially okay. in Michigan. I All right. So we should talk about what I think is the coolest thing on this series of four, and that is the flare gun. Oh. Right? That was cool. That, that light? I didn't realize it, like, connected into the top of the plane. I know. But it makes sense, because what are you going to do, open a whole hatch yeah. to shoot a flare? I know, but, I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, it goes in, and then they put the flare in, and then they close it, and they pull the Yeah, trigger. that was pretty cool. I just thought that was, like, amazing. And then, you know, of course, I'm sitting there wondering, like, what if there's another plane that's right above them, and they, like, yeah. shoot the flare in? Yeah, but it's a flare. It's not going to do that much. I don't know. They're pretty hot. Like, if it got sucked into the engine. Oh, <laughs> that'd be pretty bad. That'd be pretty bad. That'd be unfortunate. You know what? One thing I want to talk about, this show specifically called out the crew on the ground. Oh, yeah. Um, And you don't really see that a lot. You see no. a lot of glory to the pilots, but they specifically called out the importance of the crew and the engineers and, you know, just like the staff yeah. at the facilities. And what they mentioned is that staff is usually staying up all night. Yeah. Uh, specifically because this unit is doing like day raids. Yeah. Are they called raids? Am I saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, yeah. That's when they could have brought in more female talent. They could have. And they have missed that opportunity they so did. far. They did. Well, you know, I mean, we're only two episodes in and the next episode hopes. We'll next see. episode comes out in a week. Yeah. And uh I think um so we'll be back after the next episode to fill in like what yeah. we think. Starting, so we're talking about episode one and two because Apple released episode one and two simultaneously, correct? Right. Yeah. So then they're going to start probably f- like releasing them week by week. So we'll watch them and then discuss them afterwards. Yeah. So let us know what you guys think. And, you know, also if you have another series that's coming up that you'd like us to watch or one that you've already seen that... You know, shoot us a message and just let us know, oh, you guys ought to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Alien, End of the World, <laughs> um, are, are really great. You know, your mom and I watched this movie the other night. <laughs> was that the one where they were off grid? That was the one where they were off with Vigo Mortensen, which I thought would be a good movie. Um, yeah, don't, don't, I, that was not. You didn't like it. No. But in general, your favorite genres are aliens, end of the world, end of the world, wartime. Yes. Uh, lots of fighting. Lots of, like I like martial art movies too. Yeah, you do. I do. You do. Yeah. I like those too, but I think it's because I grew up with you raising me. <laughs> I also enjoy a good rom com. I enjoy uh, murder mysteries. I enjoy. Some comedy. Comedy is honestly not my favorite, though. No. I don't really like reality, aside from Selling Sunset. We should we should, um, we should, should watch the Barbie movie and give our reviews on that. And I'll just give you a preview. I really think it was all about Ken. Enough. We're not doing this podcast anymore. <laughs> 
canceled. It was Knuff. <laughs> You're not Knuff. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll look forward to talking again. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>